Hey folks, welcome back to the Culture Jack Podcast. It's not a podcast, it's a podcast. And this is the Friday Show with Dustin. And this week on the Friday Show, I I have a special guest, my bosom brother, Anthony. Anthony, welcome to the Friday Show. Well, howdy, Dustin. Thank you for having me today on this here show. Appreciate you letting me in. He's been spending a lot of time in the South, in the American South. And uh, so we appreciate you, uh, you listeners from down south. If you are listening uh, from uh, Texas or Louisiana or Florida or anywhere uh, down there in the southern United States, we appreciate you uh, as well as Anthony does. He's brought some of your rich culture actually back to the podcast today. So thank you for thank you for doing that. Thank you for uh, exposing us to the diversity of our of our nation. But on the podcast today. Uh, speaking of a diverse movie, we've got the first Asian led superhero Marvel MCU film, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings that we're going to talk about today. Before we get into that, though, uh, Anthony, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. No, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Um, excited to be on the Friday show. Excited to talk about some Shang-Chi. I think we've got a couple of other things we may hit on as well. But yeah, doing good, man. Stoked to uh, be here and, and dive in. <laughs> okay, excellent. So uh, thank you for waiting on your show on The Weekend Wire. You talked about it a little bit. On Monday Madness, you talked about it a little bit more. Um, you, you were very good in that, you know, I make sure to listen to all of your podcast episodes and I do so just very importantly to make sure that you make no mistakes because Mm -hmm. you are not only representing yourself, you're representing me. And so far I have to say you've done a marvelous job in representing the podcast. So thank you very much for that. But as I was listening to those shows, you mentioned Shang-Chi and you also managed to not spoil it for me. So I, I appreciate that. That that was the that was the wholehearted attempt on talking about it without giving it. Well, it's hard. I mean, you know that. Oh, it right? is hard. It hard. It's hard. Uh, to where it's like I hit on some points, but not enough to fuck the movie because I don't I, I don't appreciate that. It, it you know uh, to where I haven't had the opportunity to watch it, and and we both talk about this shit leading up to, and then I see it or you see it first, right. and you're like. Ooh don't fucking tell me anything um be- <laughs> because that? <laughs> yeah that's that's verbatim that, that was actually a recording of me well <laughs> anthony don't tell me anything before oh, the movie that's that's exactly that that's spot on spot on friend um but yeah this and we we have some other movies we're going to talk about today uh we've got future episodes where we're, we we have the opportunity over the next several months to hopefully dive in deep post these movies, Shang-Chi being one Venom, let there be carnage, yep, yep, yep. the Eternals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, shit, dude, we got, we got fucking Spider-Man. I know coming. Spider-Man's coming. Oh, dude. What else is coming? The, um, what movie wise? There's a ton, dude. Well, Dune is going to be out. Um, the new eight, uh, Matrix Resurrection yes, yep. is going to be out as well. There's a lot of movies out uh, this this time of year. I'm very excited uh, for that. So ha- ha- Hawkeye, Hawkeye's coming out. Yeah, we got to talk. We're going to talk about that in this episode, though. We're going to talk about Shang Chi first. Okay, is that all right with you? Yeah, let's fire away, friendo. How many rings deep do you want to go into this one? 
Well, if we're going to, so I, I think the plan, just so everybody is uh, forewarned. Don't is, tell them the fucking plan. <laughs> uh, so if you have not seen Chang Chai, we will be dropping some spoilers today because we're, we're doing a little bit of a deep dive. I, I don't think we're going to go scene to scene on this one. We're not doing a live narration of of every part, but we want to hit Hawkeye, talk about the trailer. Right. That is coming December 17th. The T, the anim, or not animated. I don't know why I said that, but November is it November? November seventeenth. Hell, if I know, I'll look it up. Will you no, hold uh, on? Okay. Hey Siri, when does Hawkeye <laughs> come out? Listen, we're gonna have to pay <laughs> Apple. Which one? I found three. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Hawkeye, none, none of them. Nine, the nineteen fifty seven. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Go she, ahead. She, go no. Go ahead. She she know she's got like insider track information. I don't know if you guys heard that in the recording, but Siri was about to tell us about the three Hawkeye series that were coming out here very soon. Um, no, that's not true. Nineteen fifty seven, like nineteen eighty eight, and these are not Hawkeye as we're going to talk. Um, kind of wish they were. So anyway, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Hawkeye today. Uh, and of course we know as much as, you know, you guys saw that trailer, the bombastic trailer that they released, uh, at the time of the release of this podcast, Hawkeye will still not have been out yet. November 24th, November 24th is the date. So, Oh, it's a, it's a Thanksgiving. We can give thanks to Marvel MCU. That's per that's impeccable timing because big TV time. Other than football, football. Oh is yeah, because everyone's got the full bellies and the loosened belts, and they're kicking back and they're enjoying some Disney Hawkeye. MCU they're enjoying fan. some some Hawkeye. Yeah, so we're gonna talk a little bit about Hawkeye. Uh, we're going to talk about. I think we've had two, two, three trailers at this point of the Eternals. Yep. Yeah, uh, they're they're heading into. I think they're going to be heading into the home stretch here if they have not already. I think they got one more in them in October. So we're going to be talking a little bit about the Eternals, kind of what our expectations are for that movie, where we think it will fit into the grander MCU narrative. Um, and then Anthony, if you didn't know, is kind of a comic book collector. I know he mentions it on occasion, and I mention it about every time I sit down in front of a microphone, but he has some primo Eternals comic books. And so he has maybe some more background information that I don't have information that I would typically go out and look at the Wikipedia before and study, uh, you know, the, the internet forums and comment sections to, to see what this thing is about. But I have a, I won't say an expert, but an expert here, uh, to, to talk about some of that stuff. So in starting the episode, we do want to talk about Shang-Chi, uh, first. And like Anthony said, it was funny because you were talking about that, uh, as we were leading up to that, as we were talking about watching Shang-Chi, um, several times I was like, don't forget to tell them that there's going to be spoilers. Don't forget to tell them that there's going to be spoilers. Don't forget to tell them there's going to be spoilers. All right, let's talk about Shang-Chi. And then you were like, oh, yeah, there's going to be spoilers. Like, oh, yeah, thank goodness he said something because I was not uh, even going to, apparently. Um, yeah, so you saw Shang-Chi. Um, what did you think? I, I, I mean, you know, we're going to talk about that in, in more specific aspects, but generally where does it fit in the MCU in like the broader MCU hierarchy? Like, is it top of the top cream of the crop? Is it bottom of the barrel, uh, stinky fish? Uh, okay. We'll, it. we'll do lightning yeah. round here. Shang-Chi or civil war. Oh, dude, you can't do <laughs> Yeah, that's the that's a bad comparison. I think that's a bad comparison. So 
I'll, I'll just drop it. So Shang-Chi, perfect timing. We needed a big, a, a big theater release, right? It, but it was an introduction. So like Civil War right. wasn't a big introduction. Like Shang-Chi was an introduction to so many new characters. Uh, culturally speaking, it's a big fucking deal. Right, right, right. Um, we'll go into some of the details and in, in, in my thoughts and your thoughts on, on some of the story that was told. I think that it was perfect timing. I think the story that was told played well with uh, the current environment of where the MCU is to date. And with not having an ongoing TV show at this moment and with all of the goofiness with the Scarlett Johansson, Black Widow shit. Yeah, that's right. That's and, right. And everything. Um, having the story that was told in almost a lighthearted sense, the characters, the actors, uh, very well placed and very well done for what it was. I mean, that, that that's kind of my thoughts on it. Um, it's funny that you mentioned uh, Black Widow, Scarlett Johansson, Disney lawsuit, that sort of thing. I mean, it's not funny. It's appropriate because that's what happened. And when we were introducing this movie on this episode, you you had said, you know, it's great that we got this blockbuster release during this long drought of Marvel MCU movies. And it's almost easy to forget because Black Widow was released simultaneously to Disney Plus that this is actually the second right. blockbuster MCU movie that we've had this year. I don't think... Did we talk about Black Widow? We must have talked about Black Widow. No. We haven't done. We'll have to talk we, about We collectively. No, not together. We have not. No. Oh, yeah. You did the OTE on Black Widow. Yeah. Um, but we haven't talked. We should talk about Black Widow. Hold on. Let me write that down in my notes. So Shang-Chi came out. And I guess to continue comparisons with Black Widow for a little bit, uh, Black Widow notoriously did not do great in the box office. It, it slumped pretty hard. Um, comparatively to Shang-Chi, which at, at least at this point is doing pretty successfully in the box office. Yeah, it's, it's, it's done extremely well. I think it's the number one pandemic movie to date. Okay. It is, do you know if it's doing like pre pandemic numbers? I can't imagine. It. No, it I don't be. think so. I don't, I, I don't believe so. I, I know that I checked on it about a week ago and it said it was like the number one I'll, I'll check here in a moment. Um, but before we die, I'll, I'll look that up. But what are your thoughts? And we're not going into Black Widow at this moment. But my my feeling with Black Widow and the reason that there was such an impact was the delay. What are your thoughts on the release delay of Black Widow? And did that impact its significance and its potential growth for earnings? I, I would say I agree. I, I think that Black Widow was almost doomed. I want to say from the second time it was delayed because it was delayed at first a few months. Then it was delayed again, another few months. I think that second time that it was delayed was basically the, the death death toll uh, or death knell for, for black widow, unfortunately, because I thought it was a good movie. Um, it, I don't think it had the emotional impact that it would have had, had it come out right after Endgame. Because Endgame gave us Natasha Romanoff's death. And had that movie come out right after Endgame, everyone would have still held that emotion heavy on their heart and been like, oh, man, there she is again. There's our Black Widow, you know, before she died. 
And so right. we, we know she's not going to make it out of it. And we get to see her go on one last hurrah. And so I think that, that, um, long, long stretch of time between end game and the impactful emotional moments from end game and black widow, um, kind of, kind of lost it for the theaters, you know, Scarlet Witch took the heat. Scarlet Witch took the heat for what? Well, well, took up the momentum because of that delay. I mean, people, they, they, that's the thing. Is, WandaVision was, was so or good, WandaVision, though. there you go. Yeah, it, well, well, Scarlet Witch, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, well that's, that's the thing. It was such a delay between. <laughs> Scarlet Witch. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it was such a delay between that. You're right. I mean, the, the connection between the character and everything, because by that point that we got Black Widow, it was like, wait a second. We watched the Vision and the Scarlet Witch do their crazy epic story. We watched Captain America and the Falcon and, and Bucky and the evolution of all of that. We watched fucking Loki at this point. It's like we're right, kind of right. past, not to say that it wasn't a good movie or anything, but I think the connection it's like, well, wait, what's the relevancy now? Because everybody's like, well, I want to know what the fuck happened to the multiverse. This has nothing to do with the multiverse. What the fuck are we doing? Right. You know, I so, feel like we're, we're we're very clearly uh, these Marvel movies are very clearly splitting themselves now because whereas in like phase one, phase two, phase maybe the, at least the beginning of phase three, everything in the MCU felt like it had to be uh, at least a little bit grounded. Like everything had to have a, a scientific explanation. If not, you know, a, a nonsense pseudoscience explanation. There was some some fake science behind it. Now we're getting into more uh, mystical territory in movies like Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. And they're, they're almost splintering off into two separate kinds of movies. These like normal uh, quote unquote normal grounded military chad movies and these great big fantastical spectacle mystical magical uh type of type of movies which shang chi very much uh falls falls in the ladder of so en enough about black widow though yep um what was and getting into spoilers now again a reminder well, let me let me dive in the box house oh, okay. numbers yeah yeah as of what looks to be the middle of September, it actually a surprising little, little surprise here because someone did did pass them pandemic number wise. They were leading in the pandemic highest grossing, and then someone just passed them. Someone just passed them, like mm -hmm. a recent release. Mm -hmm. Surprise! I'm surprised to see this. Um, shoot. Well. Yeah, at the time of this recording. What do that. you think had the gumption, the the ability to pass Shang-Chi? Um maybe Jungle Cruise? No, not Jungle Cruise. Um what else came what else came out? Black Widow? No, not Black Widow, because we already said that she she didn't do as well. Uh I don't know what. Okay, so let me tell you this. Shang-Chi was at a global box office numbers of 258 million, which is pretty damn good for pandemic. Not to mention they're not being shown everywhere in China uh -uh. because of Simu Liu's comments that he's made yeah. and 
from what I've heard, the beauty standards of the main characters are not quite up to snuff with, you know, Chinese beauty standards. So, um, so that's, I mean, excluding China chunk. Yeah. Yeah, That's that's, a big chunk. That's a big chunk. So that's that's where they're at, which is a good number. Two fifty eight. I'm sure they wanted five hundred and and eight hundred and all of that. DVD sales or streaming sales and everything is yet to come. So once that comes, you'll see the number inflate. The movie that beat them at two hundred and seventy seven million. Freak guy. Did you see Freak Guy though? No. Really? No. Uh honestly, better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't make it to Free Guy. You should check it. You should check. I, it. Well, I will. I will. I, mean, I just didn't. When it comes to streaming, yeah, was. that was a that was a streamer. So, anyways, that's crazy. So let's dive into Shang Chi, though. Okay. So, uh, again, spoilers abound in the conversation that is uh, going to succeed this uh, statement. What was your favorite action set piece in Shang Chi? Oh shit. Uh... Huh. Just a reminder of a couple big ones. We had the bus scene. We had the uh, the fight club scene where they were fighting inside. Then consequently the, the, the outside in the scene. bamboo scaffolding. Yep. 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 And then uh, of course the big action set piece uh, yeah. there at the end, which you could divide into whatever. Yeah, I mean, you want. a little bit of a combination of both. I mean, I love the scaffold scene. I like how that played out. I liked how. Uh, his sister got involved and then the, uh, oh, I can't remember the, the trainer's name. I can't remember what the trainer guy's name was with the mask. He was getting in. There oh, dude, he was a badass. Yeah. Uh, Not Razor Fist. Razor Fist or Razor. Yeah. Was it Razor Fist? Razor Fist was the bus scene. Um, Is it, is it Death Dealer? It is Death Dealer, an assassin and former member of MI6. Okay. Okay. So, Yeah. That was really cool. Um, uh, Probably that, because then Death Dealer comes out onto the, you know, into the concrete floor. He was going to go dive onto the helicopter. Oh, yeah, and he snatched him. And everything. Probably that. I mean, like, I love the, I I, I do really, really do appreciate, and I think the end scene was really cool and epic. Um, But it was more epic than it was a big fight scene, as far as I'm concerned. It was like this very epic computer cgi thing to where it was like yeah to me the scaffold scene was like choreographed fucking like it's martial mayhem. arts yeah man. yeah i mean so i i don't know i think that was that was probably probably my favorite fight scene as far as like epic action scene yeah the end one with the fucking dragon and like all the shits happening and the bats those bat creature things are escaping the fucking hole in the wall mm, you were just like you're just like papa papa oh, I, papa mandarin stop it please oh i fucking love how they did that but we'll we'll we'll, we'll uh get to that what was your favorite fight scene so mine is a combination of like the the bus scene the the bus fight with razor fist and his goons and that bamboo scene and and the reason why is you know there were some some amazing martial arts in this uh picture uh <laughs> I don't know why, why I said I, why I said picture. You should just said motion picture. I'm from the 1940s. In this motion picture, I, I went to the pictures the other day, and no, so like, and and the reason is, uh, we had we had great martial arts, but we had 
a very, some distinct styles in it, right? You had like the crouching tiger, hidden dragon stuff where they're floating through the air and they're, they're doing those. The master of Kung Fu is doing Kung Fu. <laughs> yeah. And then the razor fist was doing he was razor doing, fisting. He doing, yeah. He was doing very slicey <laughs> fist things. Uh, but you had that on one side and then you also had, I don't know if you hold the same amount of nostalgia in your heart that I do for the Jackie Chan rumble in the Bronx, uh, style movies where he is just fighting with what he has around him. He's using shopping carts. He's using doors. He's taking off his coat, spinning it around people's yeah. arms, spinning it around people's heads. And, uh, Simu Liu, Shang-Chi was doing the very same thing mm. in this show. And so it gave me like that nostalgia feel like that, that improvisation in martial arts yeah. that really everything else that's out there right now, it just doesn't feel real. It all feels too choreographed and too scripted. And I feel like this had some very raw. Well, and add some elements to that uh, as well. There was a lot of fun going on with that because you also had this extended bus fucking flying down with its brakes cut out or whatever. You also had the guy that was like FaceTiming it from his phone. Remember he like live videoing. Yeah. He's like, Oh, check this shit. Out. <laughs> you know, he's the Spider-Man guy. Yeah. And it's just this funny, it was a funny scenario. Um, that again, I mean the choreograph and the style and everything was good. I just felt like, uh, the, the bamboo stuff, the scaffolding was just like, because you, you like there was moments where you're like, fuck that business, dude. Like, you know what I'm saying? Being on the skyscraper, doing all the shit that they were kicking people off. Um, I that, that, that's how I felt about that. One of the things that was noticeable for me was I didn't feel with the exception of some of like the very elegant fight scenes. And what I mean by elegant was like mom and dad when they met in the forest that that to me that's like a very elegant the the fluttering the forest the you know it's like that is like crouching <laughs> crouching tiger hidden dragon kind of shit right but outside of that the the shang chi fighting that we saw i felt was very natural and wasn't very like crazy over the top obviously it's choreographed obviously it's a fucking mcu movie gotcha i'm not saying it's like a fucking underground video of two kung fu fighters fighting but i just felt like it was very natural and it was very uh liquid movement and it wasn't forced you didn't do a fucking uh bicycle kick or oh sure you yeah, know okay. you know to where it wasn't like this like oh my god you know where you I, see I, the wires in between yeah well not even seeing the wires it's just like so fucking crazy to where it's like he while it was crazy, it wasn't over the top crazy. They're like, God damn it. Why did they go that far? And while I'm saying that, I'm thinking like, oh, yeah, there's Razor Fist, too. You know, but When he slid on top, not, not uh, Razor Fist, but when Shang-Chi slid on top of the bus and he like grabbed the mirror coming off the oh, side. Yeah. Oh, man. I just I just got up in my seat. I was like, yes. Yeah. So that that was one of many things I appreciated with this cinema. <laughs> <laughs> with this picture? Yeah. Uh and and that the bamboo scene, <clears throat> when they were coming up to the building and you saw the bamboo on the outside of the building, you saw the construction that was going on in the building. And if you were a fan of those, you know, old Jackie Chan pictures, the rush hours and, and the like, uh, you, you, you looked at that bamboo and you said, oh, 
motherfuckers they're, they're, gonna fight on those. They're gonna find their way out to that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was so <laughs> excited. Sure. I was so for, excited for sure. Um, so what did you think of Aquafina's character, Katie? I, I thought it was good. I thought I, I thought Katie played an important role in the story because she was kind of the funny realist that was the yin to Shang Chi's Yang, to where as the story unfolds, you understand more about Shang Chi or Shang Chi, however you want to say it, on how serious and fucked up his childhood was, which I, I like how they told that story. It wasn't, it wasn't too far out there, but when you get Katie in the mix, she's fun. She's quirky. Like, dude, I didn't think in a million years. Let me, let me just put it this way. When you get introduced to both Shang-Chi and Katie and the relationship and they stop by grandma's house and blah, blah, blah. But the buildup to that is they are valets and they're doing their thing I and they're know. talking shit. I'm like, well, what should we do next? karaoke yep. <laughs> and then they're fucking getting blasted and they're both fucked up and they're they're in recovery mode and he shows up and he's a part of this family but again she's still kind of this like this funny realist that is questioning why chang chi and she doesn't know he's chang chi by the way she thinks point. he's sean yeah yeah um, why he's doing kind of what he's doing and blah 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 and then as it unfolds obviously she gets <laughs> when to understand what the fuck is happening. They're on the plane and, and he goes, yeah, by the way, my name's not Sean. It's, it's Chung Chi. And she goes something along the lines of like, you went undercover, you went in disguise. And from Shang Chi, you chose Sean. Oh yeah, that's right. Like that's right. she's like, what big, kind of big, disguise I know, is that? Big stretch, big stretch fella. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, it was cool watching the movie because I watched it with my wife and my kids and, um, my daughter actually, so she's in the theater and she's eight years old and she gets up, she comes across from, to where we're sitting and she goes, I think that's the dragon from, uh, from, uh, what was the, what was the movie? The <laughs> shit. <laughs> what a beautiful shit, story. Yeah, I just shit. ruined. Uh, what never ending story. No, the, the dragon movie that just recently How to came train out a dragon? On, on Disney. No, God damn. Here, talk for a minute about Aquafina. I'm going to. Jesus. Oh, hold on. Is she Why was, is it so relevant to it, talk about a dragon movie? L- listen, the dragon. Raya and the last dragon, oh, okay. you son of a bitch. Okay. Yeah. So she, she got up and she said, I think that's the dragon. We're like, you're right. It's the first ever actor that she has recognized. Oh my gosh. You know, from one product to another product. That's it was hilarious. it was pretty cool. That is that is hilarious. Yeah, I liked Aquafina in it. And Aquafina joins a uh Katie joins a long list of hero sidekicks that we have in these MCU movies. Think Wong, think Darcy, think Jimmy Woo, think all these, all these side characters. So yeah, I think potential more for side, spinoff. Yeah, yeah. I, I think more side character than side kick in the sense because side kick in the sense in this movie would have been um, his sister, in my opinion. Like actual yeah, yeah, side yeah, yeah. kick, like we, we're going to do this shit together because she didn't really contribute to... Katie didn't contribute? Are you joking me right now? No. Are you yanking my chain? No. Are you, are you, are you stepping in... Not as much, Who? not as, <laughs> not, well, actually, actually, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that she, 
shot the final arrow into I, the dragon's yeah. belly. Yeah, she, she did do that. She saved the water dragon. It's about time she did something. Yeah, she did it at the seen, end when she found her courage. Just seen, let me let me ask you this. What though. do you think of her fanny pack before that? Oh, whatever. Stylish. Whatever. Loved her um, character. But I but I did think that those two played very well. The the actor and actress for both Shang Chi and and uh, Kitty perfectly casted. The chemistry be- between them two was convincing. It wasn't forceful. It wasn't too too much or too little. It was a. It was what I would say was could be taken as a genuine relationship between two people. And it, again, I, and I appreciate that aspect. Wonderful chemistry between yes, the two. Yes, yes. And it was infectious because you're like, that's some funny shit. Right. You know, and, and you don't always get that between characters. Now, another character that I thought did outstanding. And at first I was like, oh, they're going to fuck this up. The whole movie. And maybe you feel this way. The whole fucking movie. I felt this. I was like, dude, they're going to fuck this up. When are they going to fuck it up? And that is to- Tony... Leo Che Wei, I'm fucking this guy's name a big time. Uh, <laughs> the, AKA, the Mandarin. The, yes, yes. Well, <laughs> he goes by a different name than the Mandarin. Fu Manchu, the father of Shang-Chi, or whatever you want to call him. He's got 18 million names. He, he That's what he said. Yeah, I live in darkness. I've yeah. been called by many names. Yeah. But the actor, the story, I was blown away on... A, the actor did a fucking incredible job for the character. I believe he did. Right, right. I mean, I was like, God damn, this dude, like, you got to take this guy seriously. It's not over serious. It's not like this goon fucking this oversized kingpin goon. It's like, no, this actor looks the part of someone that could be a fucking (laughs) a, a crazy lord over this area. And he gets this power and then he falls in love and you get to see him as a happy father and all that and i was like fuck dude they're killing it with this and then the story evolves into understanding what it is he's doing and what it is he's after and that to me is one of the the movies and plot points and there's a lot of other ones we'll, we'll dive into but that set this movie apart from others in my opinion because while they could have went fucking wild with his character and He's this piece of shit and all this. They didn't. The guy was being lured to try to let the fucking, let the shit out of the fucking cave there. Yeah. But it was only about trying to bring his wife back. This, his, his children's mother, the one that they lost too young over a mistake that he had made. And obviously at the end scene, you, you see him being like, oh fuck, I fucked this up. But it wasn't what I appreciated about the way that story was told. And while he was a militant fucking kind of an asshole, he also stood for values and standards. And his last run there was bringing the kids back and forcing them to go to his mother's his mother's country, his, his mother's native area, was because of some fucking demon speaking inside of his mind. And I was like, God damn, this is good. It is good because he never evolved. Because I, I thought they were going to get cheap in the end, to tell you the truth. The whole time, I'm like, don't fucking do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've heard that perspective a lot, though, about this movie. That, yeah, you know, it's like, don't fucking get cheap. Don't have him turn into a demon. and then Because that's not who he is. That's not the story that you told. You're telling a story about a man that lost his wife in an unfortunate series of events, which led him to go to who he once was. And that's the reason... 
that he was pressuring Shane Chi so hard in training and that he was turning him into an assassin. Had his mom lived, then that probably would not have taken place. And well, and then we wouldn't have gotten the fucking movie either. Because it was a, <laughs> this is just a happy movie. Like nothing happens. You know, there's a popular uh, series on Disney Plus right now called What If? And, um, you know, Anthony and I are developing our own version of those stories where what if none of the miraculous, marvelous, fantastic things in these movies ever happened and then the movies just weren't there? That's our what It's if. like a soap opera yeah. that just had no action or <laughs> what, or anything. What they got she, mad at each other. What if Shang-Chi's family never came in? They, well, they just, they were valets some more. Um, the, his story, it, it was it was so tragic and it was so impactful. And a lot of people are, uh, you know, saying that he's one of the great MCU villains. Like MCU for a long time had this kind of... Um, stigma that that they didn't know how to produce good uh story driven villains um and then they have those few breakout standouts they've got um loki and killmonger and thanos and now they've got the mandarin uh as well as being one of those you know you know i don't agree with what you're doing but i understand why you're doing it um and that whole the whole story I mean, you know, not the valet part and the the karaoke part and then riding the bus and and all that stuff, but the fight with the water dragon and the father who's lost his wife uh, and tries to He's reach driven out to his mad children. by the demon. It, it's it's like, so like crazy. folklore. It's yeah. like a fairy tale, and yeah. it's like uh, you know a, a a Chinese fairy tale that they're they're trying to tell. And I, I'm just thinking to myself, this could be like a storybook that's read to children at night of the legend of Shang Chi and how he in the water uh, dragon defeated the demon beyond the doors after the the anguished father released yeah. it. Like it's just the whole thing is just well, well, and how great the mother was and where she came from and she gave up her powers and her right homeland. right right and then a bunch of goons just came in and fucking murdered her essentially you know and then shang chi was supposed to go on this this journey because her, her dad ultimately got depressed i just thought it was a very unique way to tell the story i thought the actor though was very convincing on his because the guy is very fucking serious looking, and I appreciate that. Like, he was good. Like, like I take that dude serious. If he walked in the room and was like, "Hey, blah blah blah," like, "Oh shit!" But you also got to see the sensitive side of him when he when he gets his ass kicked by his future wife, and subtly too, like yes. just little. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Looks like he, he was, he, very was the, he, he was there for a fucking reason, dude. And yeah, yeah, initially, yeah. he was like, "I'm gonna fucking take this shit over." And she's like, "No, I'm gonna wave you away with the wind." Yep, I'm see gonna ya. show you some shit. Here, yeah, here, fella. And then he comes back, and then and then even the years to come as as. Uh, Shang Chi and his sister are are young, and you get those short sequences, um, and then that shifts obviously again as she passes. And so tragic, his sister too, because it's, yeah. he was she was like, I waited for you for six years or or ten years or however much it it was, and you know that's the moment I decided that I'm going to go be my own person is the the day I stopped waiting. You said you'd be back in three days. Like it broke my heart, man. Yeah. It was just like that's some sad shit. Yep. Yep. Some good shit though. It is some good shit. Uh, what did you think, uh, to move off of the main characters a little bit? Um, what did you think of the cameo appearances in Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings? Oh, Wong? 
dude, like bringing Wong in, I think was brilliant. I, I yeah, think no, that's like he's a he's a great character. Like man. like fuck, dude, bring him in. Like not only once but twice in the main in the main story. So fucking brilliant. Let's have some abomination. Yeah, that was brilliant. pretty cool. Brilliant. Um, having those two characters come in and do their pieces, fucking brilliant. What did you What did you think about them? Uh, I mean, I, they fought obviously in the ring, and then after after the fight, we see them. You know, Wong open up the portal back to we assume the Sanctum Sanctorum, and he's like, "Come on, Emil, let's let's go." Uh, what do you think of the dy- dynamic of them being like acquainted as well, not just fighting in the ring, but like? What do you make of that? That they're you know working together, or at least oh yeah, no have a no relationship they, of some yeah, kind. They, they were just putting on a show, dude. Is all that is? They're buddies. You're just making some extra. Yeah, cash. yeah. That that the abomination that we're seeing or we're going to see because there's high speculation that the abomination is coming in She Hulk. Yeah, 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 I yeah. Mean, it's pretty much guaranteed. Tim Roth is supposedly reprising the role, which is fucking incredible. But the abomination that we're seeing there is not the abomination that we may think. I mean, they even evolved the character, which is more to, more to the traditional abomination as opposed to the Hulkling bony character that we saw in the Hulk movie in which there's been a lot of uh, talk about the reasons that they did that. They wanted to do this like gruff looking character aside from doing like a super fantasy looking character, which he kind of looks very fantasy in this movie. So, I think it's great because it's just, it's more canon, dude. It's like, fucking, let's do this thing. Let's bring him in here. You don't know a whole lot of what's going on. These guys are boys. They're doing their thing. They're just doing the the Thor Ragnarok Coliseum kind of fucking shit. They want to get some praise. They want to fuck around. Maybe they they made some money. Maybe they needed money. Why not rally that shit up, dude? I, I, wonder, I wonder how they're going to explain away his transformation. Because in the original Hulk... Oh, they're not, dude. I, they're probably they're gonna, just gonna glaze over. They're that they're, shit. they're not even gonna probably reapproach any of that, dude. Just just like they did uh, the Don Cheadle recast uh, of uh, of Rhodey Rose. <laughs> yeah, Terrence Howard's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God damn it! Where he he just walks in. Yeah. And he's like, I didn't expect to see you here. And he said, Don't worry about it. And that was like, Yep, yep, done and done. Yeah, I, I don't think they're going backwards on that. I mean, there's there's no real reason to. But in, and then in the end, Wong is like, We need you. <laughs> And yeah, that was cool. And you too, Katie. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Which was super funny because the story that they were telling at that table was so it's fucking so funny. Oh, it, yeah. it was so fucking funny how they did that. <laughs> and then we were over here and then, and then, the, dude, that was the perfect, <laughs> like the perfect way to fucking rap. They're that. such good buddies. I love, I love the relationship between those, those two characters. Um, but that wasn't the only cameo, my friend. We had the Mandarin. The real Mandarin. Yeah. The my well, well, and there wasn't so his uh the, the my Mandarin. It, yeah. Hashtag, the, hashtag the not lead, my Mandarin. The leader of the Ten Rings there um stated that the Mandarin was a joke, which uh he's referring to what's his name, Ben Kingsley or Trevor Slaughtery. The the thing that's funny about that to me is because he, he calls it out on there. I've been called many things through the years. And uh, the Mandarin, he essentially calls it out. And is like, this dude's a fucking joke. I was not called right, the right. Mandarin. I was not called. Which is kind of cool, but also not. Because it's like, just so they're never going to have the Mandarin back? Like the real Mandarin? He is the Mandarin. 
He he is the Mandarin. I'm not just Trevor saying, Slattery. I know, I know. I'm just saying Tony it was Leung. just. I'm just saying it was like, God damn it, you kind of killed it off with that. But having him back in there, dude, was genius. Well, did you watch ben the Kizu? one shot of what? Of All Hail the King. Yeah, yeah. On Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, they 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 retconned it earlier than that because they know, know people were pissed off about Iron Man three. I know. Whatever the fuck. I know. It, it's just it, it's just funny. No, I actually I liked him in Iron Man three, but I loved him in this too. I liked because he was the same guy. I'm like they brought him back. No fucking. And I thought he was only going to be in it for like a minute, like the sequence. No, where, he was like a main character. He became like yeah. halfway through the movie. You're like, wait, this dude ain't going anywhere. He's got that like weird no face dog thing dog fucking so i like to listen to kevin smith um and he was talking about and the reason i like to listen to him is because he gets so worked up and so passionate about these marvel properties and i love it i love it i love to hear that kind of excitement it's like talking to you about one of these things um and he said you know i i love these marvel properties and they keep coming out and and everyone says, you know, they follow a formula and they're generic and, and whatever. And he said Shang-Chi was one of the first ones that he watched that he kind of felt like that. And he felt like, oh, you know, um, the, the little headless winged puppy thing, that's the cape from Doctor Strange. You know, this sure. is the journey of Doctor Strange as well. And so um, while I don't agree with that sentiment entirely, they, <laughs> I think, you know, they have things like the cape and the headless puppy. Uh, oh, there, of course, there's elements of story. toys, though. Well, well, the, like well, that's well. There's elements to story to uh, add to, right? Like you can dumb it down to whatever you want, regardless of the fucking story. Oh yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, Kevin yeah. Smith, you, you, and me could sit here all night long reducing shit down to the basics and be like, true, true. That, that's that's all it is. Uh, having the Mandarin back in, having Ben Kingsley reprise that role. Uh, as a gesture, as he referred to himself, that's the only reason I'm alive. They thought I was funny. I could be a, a thespian or whatever the fuck he was saying. Um, and then bringing in that mythical creature. Well, that mythical creature is the, actually the creature that led them to the home. Right. right. It was so, a, so I think it was a little bit more than that. But conceptually speaking, you again, we could we could that's true. Dissect that's fucking true. anything and, and call it. I'm calling it what it is. Are you though, or are you just doing what you're doing? Because I don't well, know. No disrespect to Kevin Smith. No, no, because no. he is. No, I love fucking he's Kevin not, Smith. Yeah, dude. he's not cynical at all. Like he, he's no, no. I mean, he can call it he from his view. all over the all over the movie. Sure, he sure. Loved it as but well. but regardless, I mean, dude, yeah. dude has his right to his opinion. I respect fucking Kevin Smith. Yeah. I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. Yeah, I know, and have been I know. a fucking. I, a you long, never shut up about it. <laughs> well, a, a long time. However, um. You know, if you're going to take the approach of just reducing it down to what you believe it is, then more fucking power Mm -hmm. to you. Was that what that is? Sure. I mean, to some degree, yes, but it was still a unique character that came from the motherland. And even that can be argued. So it's, it's an endless argument there. I think it was unique that we had the Mandarin that we knew who was slated to be murdered (laughs) essentially by, right, right, right. By the real deal, um, got left there. He, he was funny. He was once again charismatic because he, the real guy is Trevor, is a charismatic kind of thespian wuss character. He said some funny shit. They had that weird chicken fucking dog thing <laughs> do with you, no face. Do you think that uh, keeping Trevor Slattery alive, the real Mandarin, keeping him alive, did a a disservice to the real Mandarin's character? 
in where he could have been shown as a more ruthless warlord? Or do you think it did a greater service to his character by showing that he is also a sympathetic human character that's just going through some anguish and shit? I I think he was just being him, dude. I mean, like, honestly, I I think taking it for what was told, it's a believable scenario. They were going to murder me. But then I made the troops laugh. <laughs> they like my Macbeth or whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so so if you were the masters of the Foot Clan or whatever the fuck, <laughs> this the ten isn't, rings. I, I know, I know the, the the leader of the Ten Rings, and you've got this army, and you and this dude makes you laugh, and you captured him because he was being a d bag, and you know he's a fucking puss. He's not a he's a non threat dude, right? I mean, if a dude was a threat, like he had rings or he was physically capable. He is not physically, mentally, or by any other means capable of uh, of being a threat to the Ten Rings army or or to the real deal. So he makes them laugh, keep them around. I I think that's a credible story that could go unchallenged in any in any set of circumstances. Now, again, though, if he was a different character, if he was the abomination, kill for sure. Like that's a kill kill notice. Dude, the Mandarin when he went into that bar to. Uh, take those gangsters out that killed his wife mm. that was like a heavy scene mm. man when he, with his kid that was fucking dope King. dude that was him but that was him showing oh yeah who the fuck he yeah. was he's like, like i, I love i was a nice I guy you, should, you shouldn't have done that uh and he's like is, is this the one and then little, little baby shang she's like yeah that's the one he's like okay cool watch me, this stuff me papa and he rock crack the table oh, in dude, half. Let, let's talk about let's talk about the fucking rings. Tell themselves. me about those rings, man. Dude, okay, so first glimpse it was we we didn't really know. In fact, you and I talked about you know these rings are like wristbands or fucking we we didn't know cuz the commercials were limited on what they were capable of and how they were used both physically and um as a power or as an extension of the mm-hmm, of the human. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Bravo, because a <laughs> well done MCU. You've done it right for the first time. It's about to get thanks. For well, well, a, well, a, I mean, they had the challenge, right? So the 10 rings originally from the Mandarin character originally were fucking rings on his finger. Okay. Right. So bravo for not looking like fucking Tom Brady and shit. Look at all these rings on my finger or Michael Jordan or whoever, whoever you want to take that from. So bravo there in adapting it into a fucking. Not only was it badass, but it was. I thought it was done just eloquent, like very well done. It looked fucking visually appealing. They served a purpose. Dude, like you can run on them. You could do some Sonic shit. You can fucking whip them around. Like you can do so many different things to manipulate these rings to be a true powerhouse. They they were very visually impressive in all of the different ways. The fucking whips them. and shit. Like when they're whipping stuff around. When they're blasting them themselves yeah. off the oh, ground. Fuck, that was dude. super cool too. Uh, not to mention they were the, the catalyst for the destruction of the demon beast there at the end. Now in the comics, I have some cursory knowledge, uh, via the, the comic wikis and whatnot about the rings origins, which we didn't see in this movie. We just saw that, Mm -hmm. you know, this dude had him for a long ass time and he's been a warlord for a long ass time. They've somehow granted him immortality. Um, these rings have, they, uh, alluded to the fact in that post-credit scene that there was a transmission a beacon of some kind in the ring. And then in the comics, correct me if I'm wrong, 
there was a, an alien crash and these rings were somehow part of the engine to the spacecraft that the Mandarin found and then equipped uh, as rings. Um, do you think that we are going to see a return of the Mandarin in either a flashback sequel uh, or a flashback scene of some kind exposing the origin of these rings or are, are these, are they kind of maybe uh, going to expose the origin via some future scene, some future alien? Hey, you got my, you got my rings and shit. What do you think? Yeah. I, I think that because of the, the end credit scenes and them them showing that, cause they, they didn't have to do any of that. They could have did something way off kilter. Right, right, right. right. Um, so with them alluding to the origin, I don't think it's more or less about the origin. I think it's where it's going to lead us to with who the fuck, where did this come from and why did, why did we have it? Right. Um, I do think that we will see at some point, depending on what angle, uh, they go with, um, a flashback of how did he actually acquire and equip these rings and what, what kind of transcended from that interaction or whatever it was because we don't know now the interesting thing the way that marvel uh depending on the movie and the stories adapts comic stuff to it it's so spread far and thin and in between and they manipulate it to their advantage which rightfully so you have fucking almost an endless supply of resources for these characters like oh do you want this series that series this series that series this series and then we're going to add our own flavor to it to where they can really do whatever the fuck they really want so i'm interested to see i do think it's going to come back because as we know shang chi katie went with wong um they're calling they're calling upon shang chi um and then shang chi because he has the ten rings is going to be faced with whatever is, well, Shang-Chi and whoever, X people, is uh, faced with in a future episode that wants to know or or is after the Ten Rings or the, it might not even be the Ten Rings though either. It could be just the substance of the Ten Rings and they're going to melt them down and turn them into whatever. I mean, it could, it could be anything at this point to tell you the truth. Um, but absolutely, I think that that is an entity that we're not aware of that has lineage and who the fuck knows because the Mandarin could have did, did some dirty with, with dude that where he acquired him from though, you well, know, in I mean? the comics he did, right. He killed yeah. the alien that was like wounded already. Yeah. He was like, Kaka, you did. And then take your rings, your engine rings, put them on my fingers. I get all these, all these, and though, I, but, but it's still, you got to remember it's, it's completely different characters because the Mandarin in the comics is the Mandarin, Fu Manchu and and yada 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 Shang Chi's dad and right so like again they're merging <laughs> there there's there's a convergence of different shit happening that's not in the well, comics yeah, no, per no, se I, I understand and and of course you know whenever I say in the comics one not like an avid reader of these things these right. aren't like precious memories to me that I'm drawing from it's just shit I'm looking at it the the wikis to to right. get a better well and, and again I mean they're merging like in that case they merged <laughs> a couple of characters into one so they what that again what that allows them to do is is to go where does the story continue yeah because it's got to continue it's such a good story they did so well with shang chi that you don't want to lose some of the lineage where did his dad acquire these and how did he fucking get these rings that is now the shang chi story because he closed the story with his father with his father passing understanding what was happening with him 
in, in, in that segment. I feel like that ended that part of it. But now let's learn about the history. How did my dad get this shit? He reigned supreme for thousand years or how yeah, yeah. was it back, a thousand years or something I, long time back when swords and horses were a thing man okay and there were there were two more cameos in the in the movie that i want to talk about real quick you had carol danvers and you had bruce banner yep. there in the end credit scene uh it, pretty funny where you know carol said hey i gotta go and she leaves she says oh get, he'll give you my number in case I need mean, she blips out and and Bruce is like I don't I don't have her number. She always right. does yeah, this. Was. Um but Bruce Banner was Bruce Banner. He wasn't Smart Hulk. He was Bruce Banner in the in the uh, sling and swath on his yep. arm like he had hurt from Endgame, but he was no longer Smart Hulk. What do you make of that? What do you make of him being <clears throat> regular man Bruce Banner again? Uh there well there's uh, I've seen a lot of shit on <laughs> I've seen a lot of of guessing and a lot of speculation on that huh yeah yeah and a, a lot of it has to do with the the balance has been taken back because of the the scare of the green guy taking over right so there was a balance that was struck that's why we got smart hulk the balance that was struck was like hey we're going to share this physical and mental together that's why we got smart hulk right i'm going to let you be you and i'm going to be me that's the convergence that we saw of Smart Hulk, right? And there's a, still a story to be told on why he wasn't. And the speculation that I've that I've read that I've read and that I'm considering and that I'm trying to understand is there's a lot of spec out there for the possibilities of Red Hulk, uh, Maestro, uh, a lot of other things that are going on. And with the possibilities of Maestro coming, and with the possibilities of why she hulk how, how did she hulk come about um <clears throat> whether it's it's her it's his cousin or there was some genetic exchange that happened mm. um the fear uh my understanding or my guess because it is a fucking guess no one no one really knows it other than feige and the, the the team there is that either he had to pull back and say okay i can't let the green guy out like i was flaunting him around because it's too dangerous or B, the green guys give him, giving him the big middle finger and saying, fuck you. I want all time. I don't want this part time. Your brains, my bronze. Oh, gotcha. So it's a conflict. I mean, that's my guess, dude. So my guess is they don't want to pay to put the Hulk into She-Hulk. <laughs> that's you think so? there, that's there's, my there, guess. There's high speculation. And that's probably true. I mean, CGI, because I actually, right. that, that is a thing that I, that I, uh, that's a other spec that I read too, was that. They would rather dumb it down because She-Hulk's going to require so much CGI, and they're like, "We'll just put Mark Ruffalo in there." The normal <laughs> yeah, my, and save Bruce Banner, no problem. Save the fucking money. Well, the thing is, um, and again, I'm not super familiar with the character. Uh, Bruce Banner's been my only Hulk, but I know there's other Hulks out there in the comic book space. That's, that's Red Hulk, Maestro, Amade there's, there's, Amadeus Cho. Yeah, uh, Amadeus Cho is. That's almost. For sure, Hulk Ling. Hulk Ling. Okay, yeah. so um, I mean, and the protectors. Mark Ruffalo's you, you, you no spring doing... chicken, you know. No. He's gonna, he's not gonna be in the MCU forever. Regrettably, he's great. I love him, yeah. but, but uh, I mean, it doesn't say. Yeah, we'll keep going. I, I, I think, I think this also could be paving the way for the next Hulk. Whether he's in a radiation uh, gamma accident that transfers his powers somewhere else or whatever. Uh, I just thought it was interesting that they just kind of throw that in 
and almost as a way to get us ready for it when She-Hulk came around. Yeah, or, or his next appearance, like, hey, you're not getting smart. Right, right, right. I, I think there will be some kind of story told and explained because regardless of what it is, um, it has to be something because there was an agreement between the two, and that is the understanding of where Smart Hulk came from, right? To where the green guy, I want you to be big and strong. You bring the wits, and we're going to have this thing. That's the reason he was the way he was. So whatever it may be, could be budgeting reason, probably is, <laughs> but they're not going to tell you that. They're going to like, hey, guys, so uh, we're being cheap on She-Hulk. Yeah, no, there's actually a legitimate reason. Yeah. Oh, they're going to they're gonna tell, they're gonna tell us something on whether the green guy went dormant because of X events, which is plausible, um, which could bring, again, there's a lot of, there's a lot of guessing out there for Maestro. There's guessing out there for a possible Hulk movie. Um, not to say that you couldn't have Amadeus Cho in the Hulkling or She-Hulk as this Hulk world war thing could kick off or there's so many fucking possibilities. I so, could sit here forever. You know, the, the thing about it is, you know, as I, I sit here and I talk with you about, these actors and potentially them aging out of roles and stuff like that. There's, there's a part of me that wants these characters to be part of the MCU for as long Forever. as the MCU Forever. goes. Yeah. I want, I want a captain America. I want an iron man. I want a Hulk forever. However, the, 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 there's our limitations on the amount of shows and movies. Well, we're, dude, we we're going to, we're, we're we, we've still got one on the slate that directly fucking shows it. Hawkeye, the trailer. Yeah, that that is a direct uh, replacement, better or worse. Clinton Barton and Kate right. Bishop, dude. So, well, and well, you, well, hold on. Are we I guess we'll let's just do you want to just dive into that? You want to talk into replacements? We're just going to hang up the yeah, code on, on yeah, Shang-Chi. Yeah, Shang-Chi. That, what a, what just a unceremonious end for Shang-Chi. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's fine because like, it's great conversation. Well, right? so says you. We'll see if the viewership follows count. So yeah. everyone tune in, comment, <laughs> like, subscribe, uh, leave a no, review. Let's, that well, let's keep, let's keep going. Okay. Uh, so we did get a Hawkeye uh, trailer. Um, yeah. And... <laughs> Man, heaven's willing, we won't get another one before this airs because then we feel like real weirdos to just talking about the one. But we did get finally, finally, oh yeah, a Hawkeye trailer that kept us going a long, uh, long time. I was talking shit. I was talking shit on my podcast because dude did another show. He completed a whole nother show after Hawkeye. You, you, you were talking shit to me the day before yeah. it dropped yeah. the trailer. Yeah. Well, dude, it, it is what it is. So anyways, let's dive into the trailer, right? It is a holiday mashup. And dude, they're very fun looking. They're, they're going to kill with it. You know that. I mean, Jeremy Renner is reprising his role as Clint Barton. We picked that up from the episode. He has to pay his dues for being the Ronin. Oh, right. Okay. So and you got you got vengeful gangs coming after him. Is that kind of the, the subplot or the yeah. premise is why he's yep. involved? That is that is why he's involved, and it's also because a character is dressed up as the Ronin, which is not him, which we're led to believe is, I believe it's supposed to be Kate Bishop. Are, are, is Kate Bishop now committing the same kinds of, like, vigilante justice that he was committing as Ronin? We're, well, we're led to believe okay, that. Okay. We, I mean, like, obviously we don't know. And it's going to be a fight to get home for Christmas story on the Clinton Barton side, the Jeremy Renner side, which we get clearly get to see you get to see the tracksuit mafia which was fucking an incredible scene 
Hey, oh, fucking throw the Molotov cocktail. Hey, fucking throws it back at him. Beautiful. <laughs> that was su- super so, cool. Oh, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. fucking beautiful. Um, you get the Clint Barton, I'm too old for this shit attitude. You get the- <laughs> He's had that since Age of Ultron. Oh, I man. love it, dude. I love it. Because Jeremy Renner does an incredible job at that. And then you get Kate Bishop, who's this ambitious, uh, apparently a very- well received in public archer of some sort because she's like an Olympian and all this stuff. Okay, okay. Who, who's quirky and funny? Oh, we get those types of arrows. We get this and saying funny shit. Kind of the the uh, the Mano- oh, Fuck, I'm gonna fuck her name up. Kind of the same construct, but different that we saw in Black Widow, where the mantle is essentially being passed. Uh, Melina Malova. I uh, don't recall Black Widow. Well, no, I know, I know what you're talking about. Um, let me look it up here. Uh, Yelena, Yelena Belova, right? You, you got it spot on, man. Okay, so yeah. c- kind of that fun mantle of the old guard versus the new guard, where the new, you know, there, there's going to be some funny shit. There's going to be, I'm going to teach you some things here. Florence Pugh is the actor. Yeah, actress. Yeah. So, anyways. I, I think it's going to be an incredible show, and the timing on it is fucking great. Also, we get a dare, Daredevil character that's been highly specked on um, in it, too. Echo right, is, right, right. is going to be in it. Uh, another character that is highly specked on, we're believing, is Stature is supposed to be coming in it as well. Stature is Ant-Man's daughter? I'd have to look it back up. I've got the... Is that, is, Stature's a giant person, though, right? They can turn giant? I would have to look. I've got the... I've actually got our first <laughs> sure comic book have, right I'm over sure there. Right the over don't, yeah, Young don't Avengers go number for six. It. Haley Steinfeld is the actress that plays uh, Kate Bishop. Yep. Yep. Um, and an exciting <laughs> thing it. that we haven't seen is some high spec that Vincent... The that's what I was gonna say. Is, is gonna be fucking coming. I I'm oh, so excited. Dude. And that goes along with the rumors that in Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, we're gonna have Matt Murdock. We're gonna have Daniel Charlie, Cox, Charlie, Charlie Cox. Charlie Cox is Daniel yep. Daredevil. Daniel Daredevil. Daniel da- yeah, Charlie Cox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh as you- as Matt Murdock. Like he's supposed to just be the, right. the attorney. Right. So that's what the spec is anyways. He's and, not Daredevil. He's just the attorney. Yeah, because they are they've they've rendered the Daredevil show and the 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 retcon and the, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, all of all of that is is rendered non-canon. Yep. Uh and so they said the char- the actors played these characters good enough. Maybe We're, they can play yep, them over there. Or yep. we hope with that that's the hope. Well, dude, the what better way to bring oh, I can't bring I'm him, so bring excited. Him but dude, the Kingpin like please with spider-man oh with spider hawkeye and spider-man yeah well because think about that uh you get hawkeye with kingpin hawkeye's gonna rap spider-man comes out matt murdoch like dude yeah it's it's all very exciting stuff Uh, i'm i'm very excited um I think I'm most excited though about the, uh, <laughs> the 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 Rogers the musical. Oh my gosh, how great was uh, that? That looks pretty good. Uh, and and why wouldn't they? 
why wouldn't they in this universe of superheroes? Oh, de- and, most definitely. Like, dude. yeah, they, <laughs> most definitely. Like we have national tragedies that they make movies on and Broadway shows, yeah. and and then yeah. they 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 cash out on them. Of course, we have a retired uh, superhero like Steve Rogers. Are they going to make a a musical about him? So I'm excited well, well, yeah, to but see think, that. Think think of his story though. That's like the perfect Broadway musical though. I mean, it the, really is. The, the dude was a a icon for America got froze fucking came back. And now he's captain America again, saving the world and blah, blah, blah. The, they, which is hilarious. They, I hope Matt Damon plays Loki in that music. Cause oh you my saw God, that would be so how, good. how fun would that, that would be? be so good. Um, who, who played Thor in the, uh, wait, was Matt Damon Thor? No, he was Loki. He was Loki. Who was Thor? I can't remember. Um. Anyway, the uh, the thing about it is, a play, a show. God dang it! I lost everything. <laughs> I was sliding down the hill. Um. Oh, what I was gonna say is how very Shakespearean that is to have a show that has a show in it. Mm-hmm. Um. You know. A Midsummer's Night Dream comes to mind where, you know, you've got the little show inside of the show that the people are actually watching. So the people in the show are actually watching a show themselves. Uh, And this is, uh, like you said, not the first time Marvel has done something like this. Mm -mm. And it's so cool from just like a, a writing artistry aspect that we are seeing thematically the same things in modern day cinema, yep. in Marvel movies, comic book movies, that they were in Shakespearean theater. Yep. Like that's pretty cool. Well, well, and it's it's also the perfect place, right? Because they're they're in New York. It's Christmas time. It's it's just this like perfect environment. You're gonna get we're gonna get this like diehard esque story from the Clinton Barton side of things. You're getting this uh, uh, welcome to the new Kate Bishop. And what whatever mantle she takes on as her own, and I'm assuming by the end of this show she'll be in there, and then, you know she'll be or she'll be taking on whatever role because she's pretty much slated to take fully over the the whole the the whole uh, character. And then we've got, like I said, Echo. We we could have Kingpin, Stature. I mean, dude, they're they are building such an epic fucking thing with this show and and so many to come. So uh, I just looked it up. Uh, Stature is uh, Cassandra Lang, so Scott Lang's daughter. Oh, she is okay. Um, it doesn't it doesn't say her her power set here. Oh, ability size manipulation. Okay. So, assumedly, she's going to be able to be very small and very very large as well. She also appeared as uh, in Ant- Astonishing Ant Man number six as a character named Stinger. So mm. them just another alias mm. of Cassie Langs, I yep. assume. Okay, so that's Hawkeye. Very excited for that. And that comes out when? November? 24th. November 24th. Okay, and before we let you guys go, we just want to talk a little bit about Eternals. I was doing primers for a lot of these Marvel movies mm. and shows. I was, you know, kind of going on uh, the wiki, finding out a little bit about these characters and trying to educate you fine people about, yeah. you know, what was going on. I have not done that for Eternals. And so I was thinking it might be nice if you give us just a rundown of, you know, two or three of the main characters that sure. we saw in uh, in the trailers so far. Not necessarily the comic book characters, 
Because just like any of these teams, the Avengers, the Guardians of the Galaxy, and I assume the Eternals, we're going to have uh, kind of a mix and match sort yeah. of situation. Oh, for sure, man. I mean, like the Eternals... <laughs> Uh, between the series and most of the eternal series were limited series to be com completely clear a lot of people think that they're like long running the first series of eternals did not go for very long i think it was like 20 20 something uh comics so it's not it's not a huge x-man or fantastic four or thor so it's kind of a pretty deep cut yeah and then the, the old ones yeah and then there's like version two and so the eternals movie has a conglomeration of the version one comic book heroes with like Ajax, uh you've got cersei you've got uh fastos you've got well fastos is actually from uh series two you got gilgamesh you've got uh fuck there's so many um one character that we're still a little bit unclear of is we've got kid harrington taking on the parole uh the role of Dane Whitman, which is the third Black Knight, which is super cool. And there's there's speculation that there's relationships between him and and I believe it's Cersei. Um, and then Cersei is Gemma Chan, who's who's in the who's in the show who originally came from Eternals number three, Fast Toast, which is Brian Ty Henry, the master of technology of the Eternals. And each one of these Eternals has like completely different. So in the trailer, he was the guy, the technology guy was the one kind of manipulating the ship with his power, probably. I think so. I think that is correct. You've got Liam and Hugh cast as Sprite. That would be the young, childlike looking character. Which is cool because we haven't had any real kid mm -hmm. superheroes. In no, these and that's movies. that's that's like this her, is great. Yeah, that's her thing is like she doesn't age. She's like a very child. She does illusions that's why you see fireworks and and all of that oh illusions will be a good way to change actresses for that character <laughs> so they will never age right um you got don uh sake as gilgamesh so gilgamesh is the essentially the brute the, the okay. tough guy of the group who came from eternals 13 you've got the celestial i mean obviously it's celestials uh ajak uh, which is Selma Hayek, which essentially is like the leader of the Eternals. Oh, Angelina Jolie's character is not? No. Um, that's Cersei, I believe. Or no, that's not Cersei. That is. Hold on. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, Brian at Tyree Henry is Fastos. We have, let me find here. Oh, we have Richard Madden. I almost forgot as Icarus, who is like the, he is like the, main superhero like if there's a superhero out of the eternals he's like the superhero that's why he's right he's rob stark right yeah yeah that's that's so cool too that uh kit harrington and and this guy rob stark and john snow uh you know alternatively are uh they were in back game of together. thrones they're, they're, back, they're back, back together, together. i know in the mcu that's really well cool. you know what's funny i watched this article i'm glad that you bring that up this is crazy so the last scene that those two were in game of thrones was like uh season one episode six or some shit okay that was the last time that those two were together at right a before show. he rode to the wall yes and then he and, went and, to the red but check this out this is okay. crazy so he says to uh he says to kit harrington's character says the next time i'll see you you'll be dressed in black I, how weird is that <laughs> the next time he sees him guess what he is well, the Black Knight. Well, right, right, right. Well, how fucking weird is that, though, dude? Yeah, because he didn't see him as one of he the never one saw of the Black Guard from the North. Uh, 
Never interesting. S- Isn't that weird? Interesting. Yeah, that's weird. That's um, not planned out. That's cool. No, no, no. But no. it's fun as shit. Yeah, that's, it is. That's it cool. Is. It is. Um, so we got Lauren Ridloff as Makara. Angelina Jolie is Thena. So Thena, if I remember correctly, is the master of like weapons. So when you saw her like drawing back, she's like creating all these like very crazy mythical weapons. As you saw with Eternals, they've got like this almost uh gold intricate like design thing with it. So that's sure, what her, sure, sure. That's what that's what her powers are. And then you've got Barry Kyogun as Druid Drug. That's the character that you saw coming out of the cabin with the bowl haircut. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then you got Camille. Nanjuan, yeah, I always fuck his last name. Nanjani, uh, cast as Kingo Soon, um, which is funny. And I mentioned this before. It's actually one of the funniest things ever because Camille, who, if you haven't seen him in fucking Silicon Valley, dude, like he's hilarious. Oh, he's fucking awesome. But this dude got fucking jacked, right? He, this dude got so fucking jacked. He did that. He made it onto the, uh, they, well, actually, let me, let me change this up. His photo got utilized by Pornhub on the, <laughs> like, the the gay section yeah. of Pornhub. You wouldn't and he last got, five seconds. And he got a free 10-year pass to Pornhub because of it. They reached out to him and said, thank you, sir, and then, <laughs> and then sent, it, sent it his uh, direction. So you have a large, you've got an epic fucking cast of, of, of people. Let, let, me, let me get you on that name here just real quick. It's yep. uh, Kumali. Kumali Nanjani. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, he's he's hilarious. He I, I watched hilarious. a movie with him. I can't remember what it was called. Uh, him and this gal were this uh, this couple who just like would bicker back and forth, and then they finally decided, well, we should get separated. And on the night they decide to get separated, they are unwitting participants in a murder, and then they are chased by the murderer. And they go to the cops. Uh, well, they don't go to the cops right away because they're afraid they're going to be charged with the murder because of some, you know, mishap. People saw the, the the body and then them. And they were like, we didn't do this. And they were like, you did this. And they were like, we didn't do this. So they're on the run the whole movie. Very, very funny movie. I can't remember the name of it for the life of me, but uh, very good. Yeah, he got he got absolutely like dude is fucking jacked. Yeah, son. he got he got super jacked. Look at that. Look at that shit i know i know that's the picture he talks about it dude that's that's how that's how everybody found out about him that's the the exact picture that they used it's like it's he like, like made a joke about it that's what the mcu does to dude, comedians dude, man. He, he isn't fucking around he's like dude what you want me to do what <laughs> <laughs> done <laughs> done i gotta go to the gym fucking 10 times more lateral raises than done. i've walked steps done today. yeah anyways so this is a unique story for the MCU because you got the Celestials, you've got the uh, the Deviants, you've got just so much going on. And the the uh, without spoiling it, the idea is that the Deviants are trying to they they want to just destroy the Earth, like they don't give a fuck, right? Like they they don't. They're sure. just they're just like fuck you guys. The Celestials have an agreement not to, and they're immortals, and they aren't supposed to they aren't supposed to intervene with events that had happened but now that there's going to be an awakening in seven days that will ultimately destroy the earth they're like well wait a second we don't want to fucking ruin like we don't want to end this thing um there's a lot that isn't explained uh there's a lot that i that they're going to put their twist into on how are they going to play this 
who else is going to be involved because regardless of the timing there still are other entities on earth that we're going to see some cameos from i would guess um but i think it's a great story i wish that we had more insight on on who's contracted because that's that's a tale of the tape i love hearing that so it's like kit harrington contracted for 10 movies for five movies oh, like, like gotcha. riri the up-and-coming actress for riri is they've cast her already oh yeah dude she's been cast I for can't armor wars specifically oh right she's now? cast for several riri williams is cast for several things in fact i think she's got like Kevin a 12 feige said that he wasn't 12. doing these multi-movie contracts anymore this well, there's, this son of a bitch there's people that are saying that she's like on a 12 movie contract 12 movies? yeah well 12 appearances thank god i love 12, that 12. i love hearing that man well that's that's the 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 See, you know, let's just sink that in. Let's, you, you know, what's coming to some degree because she can just have a brief appearance in this, that, and the other sure. to cover three or four or five or whatever. But, um, we don't know. That's the biggest thing with the Eternals to me. Um, huge investment on a comic book thing. I'll talk about that in a different episode. But these characters, it's like, fuck, please don't make all these characters disposable. Generally, they don't, they'll give you something beyond. I'm going to guess that Kit Harrington, because he is still a young actor, he's a fucking big name. Like right now, they can write on the fire for Kit Harrington for years to come. The Black Knight had a pivotal role in the Avengers and in a lot of different characters. They're going to give him some newness, I'm assuming. Um, but we also don't see him as the Black Knight in the trailer. So is the Black Knight an eternal? No. No, no he's not. He has he's, nothing to do with that. He His family's... Cur the, actually... The Black Knight in the real brief, it's the curse of the Ebony Blade. So his sword has been cursed for, he would be the third generation. That sounds like some real Ghost Rider shit, man. It kind of is. Come on. It, well, let's, it kind, let's do it already. It, it kind of is. So his family has been essentially cursed. Actually, the sword is cursed, and they're the ones that wield the sword for three generations. So it has nothing to do with the Eternals, with the, with the exception of, I believe, that he has a relationship with Thena or Cersei or one of the Immortals that are that are the characters they work in the because remember most of these guys are working as normal jobs right 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 so uh they all have normal jobs or hid for hundreds of years thousands of years on earth so her the immortal and him work in i i believe they work in like a museum together and they're curators and that's they have a relationship come to come to find out that dude is like a third generation cursed motherfucker. She's, she is what she is, um, you know, without telling him and what, what have you. So there's a lot going on that we don't know and we don't understand. So, uh, and, and <clears throat> you've already scolded me once in this episode and you said, Dustin, the comic <laughs> books are the comic books and these movies are the movies. Yeah. And, and I have, you know, gone on record before saying that I, I like to try and treat the movies as if they are, just another uh, run on these characters by a different comic book artist. And, and that gets me through a lot of things that <laughs> goes, Oh, this isn't how the comics were. How dare you? Mm. It's just another run. It's another take on these characters in the comics. However, oh my gosh, I like how you said that. Uh, the, the deviants, right. They weren't just like creatures, right. They were like the anti-celestial yeah. even Thanos, I believe was supposed to be a deviant in the comics. Granted, they didn't do a lot of Thanos stuff to yeah. include like lady death and all that shit. That's but, correct. uh, what do you, what do you make of that change? Like were the deviants a big enough character that they shouldn't have been throwaway monsters. Do you think, I mean, without having seen the movie yet, of course, no, 
Yeah, because we haven't, because you actually see a deviant talking to Angelina Jolie when he's got her by the cusp of his hand. Oh, that was a deviant the, there. The, that was one of the, the heads. In the cave. Yeah, that was one of the oh, heads. I thought of the that deviants. was a celestial. Yeah. Oh, okay. The celestials are the big robot motherfuckers, dude. Oh, so they're all giants. Yeah. Like they're, they're, oh, okay. they're the, okay. like the, the, the wreckers are the ones that like keep, keep the balance. I actually, I don't know how the fuck they're going to tell them this dude. Like stay the truth. <laughs> That's the thing where like, I can sit here and say whatever I want or pull from this, that, or the other. But as before, they, it's not like everything is tried to true. Like if it was tried to true to the comics, then no one would give a fuck about the movies. Like the movies wouldn't be what they are. The reason that the comics uh, lend to the movie so well as you got first appearances, you got special events that have happened where they've taken pieces from these comics, right. reconstructed it or adapted it to whatever story they're being, that they're telling. So again, it's going to be, dude, it's, it's going to be a fucking bad. I feel like that is going to be a movie that people may think of as kind of the, the underdog, like, Oh, you know, we got Spider-Man, we got Hawkeye. I do believe that, with the casting, do we got fucking Salma Hayek, Angelina Jolie making their debuts with Kid Harrington, with with fucking just so stacked. And again, these are the people that we know. We have no clue of any cameos. We have no clue of any other characters. We have nothing other than what they've shown us already, which is, in my opinion, amazing because this is just like Shang Shang Chi to some degree is a different story. This is not in the normal. The, the normal runner of, oh, here's a Civil War. Oh, here's a Captain America. Oh, here's a Captain right. Marvel where it kind of falls in suit with the, the bigger story. And you understand that. The Eternals, we don't really understand like where, where they fit in. Yeah. You know? Obviously, the story is post Thanos because that, that was a big thing that they had to show. Why didn't you do anything about the snap? You know, because we weren't supposed to interfere. That, that's exactly right. And, he, and here we are. So if you had to give odds on the X-Men or the mutants. Oh, that's already a spec on like. They, okay, they, wait, they wait, 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 wait. I want you to give short answer. I want you to give odds on uh, what um, if if any kind of uh, reference to or mutant uh, thing shows up in, in the Eternals post-credit or or during the regular movie uh regardless what are the odds slim very slim, slim. You, yeah I don't you say so. one in one in a hundred uh one no in a thousand no i'm jesus that's that's way too far i, I i'd <laughs> say you had a 10 percent chance of them doing that okay um i'll take those odds yeah because <laughs> i was gonna but, say that regardless well, of what you said <laughs> okay because the build-up the build-up that we currently have that that's that's pushing too far out. I, I think it is. You know, I, I think uh, laying some little little mind seeds is not a bad idea for the mutants now. And I think in the Eternals where, you know, hey, there's these humans that are showing some sign of potentially a, a genetic modifier that's going to cause, you know, maybe something. Should we do something about them? Nah, don't worry about them. Goes on with the rest of the movie. We don't talk about it again the rest of the movie. But. I mean, they, yeah, they, 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 they could do subtle shit like that in there. I just feel like they're what what they're gearing toward right now with Loki and Kang, with uh, Spider-Man, with what they just did with Shang-Chi. They just introduced Shang-Chi. Uh, we're just going to, I think, Dane Whitman, Kit Harrington, and maybe one of the Eternals or two of the Eternals are going to remain beyond the movie. I would hope. I hope so. I could be wrong. Um, I, I think they're, they have enough character building and enough canon and enough story going in 
so many different directions right now to where it's okay. Um, I think that they will once they get it figured out on the IP, the casting and, and all of that, because we also have gotten zero anything as far as X-Men casting or, right. or anything. Normally we're going to hear something. Okay. Whether it's accurate or inaccurate, that, that's to, to, to be debated, but there's nothing on the slate for it. And if they're going to hint toward it, that's okay, but it's not going to be big enough. I mean, where's Mephisto? Oh, he's in the Spider-Man because the devil, the devil horns they threw on the fucking no, poster. No, no, he's in Spider-Man because Doctor Strange was acting out of sorts, and apparently this is there's uh, there's huge speculation on that 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 I is, know that, that Meph- is that is well not Mephisto. It's like uh, that is an alternate uh, reality of Doctor Strange because Doctor Strange would not. He absolutely would not do that for Peter Parker. We need anyways, to talk anyways, about episode eight of What If. Not today, yeah. not on this episode. Um, God damn, so, we're drudging. <laughs> final words on Shang-Chi? Uh, Shang-Chi, great movie, great timing, great cast, okay. enjoyable movie. Final words on Hawkeye? Stoked to see it. It's coming soon. And final words on Eternals? Eternals, uh, I think that's the sleeping giant. I think it's going to tell some story that we needed to hear and understand, and I think we're going to get some characters that we weren't expecting. Thanks, baby girl. I appreciate it, and I appreciate you showing up on the Friday show here on the Culture Jack podcast. This was Dustin and his guest, Anthony. Now, if you want to get a hold of us, you want us to talk about something specific, we're happy to do it. You can get a hold of us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, at Culture Jack. You can send us an email at culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave a review, follow the podcast, subscribe to the channel. We are on podcasting platforms everywhere. But other than that, that has been the Friday show. Have a good weekend and cheers.